Welcome to the International Coaching Podcast, brought to you by the International Association of Coaching, the world's foremost community of professional coaches, changing the world in positive and powerful ways and contributing to evolving human potential worldwide. Join the IAC today at certifiedcoach.org. Welcome to the International Coaching Podcast brought to you by the International Association of Coaching, evolving human potential worldwide. Thanks for joining us. We have an awesome show lined up for you today and a great guest to introduce you to. But before we do, I want to tell you about some cool events that the IAC has coming up in the days and weeks ahead. So get out your calendars and block out these times. November 18th, 2020 IAC Learning Circle. That's going to be broadcast on our IAC Facebook page at facebook.com slash IAC Global World. Then on December 6th through 9th, we're going to be hosting Quavatus, translated as Where Are We Going or Where Is It Going? So Quavatus 2020 taking place December 6th through 9th, also streamed live on our IAC Facebook page at facebook.com slash IAC Global World. Don't forget those, put them in your calendar, tune in and join us. We love for our community to keep growing and keep growing. Now, we have a theme for today's show, episode 11 of the International Coaching Podcast. Our theme today is Beginner's Mind. And our guest coming all the way from the southeast coast of Florida, Martha Pasternak, welcome to the show. Thank you, Terry. Now, a little bit about you, Martha. I want to make sure that everybody understands who they've got here, this little pot of gold that we have called Martha. (laughs) Martha spent 30 years working as a nurse. She has a master's degree in nursing and retired as a nurse practitioner. So great background in health and wellness. In 2004, she became certified as a coach through the Fearless Living Institute and joined up not long afterwards with Coachville, the legendary Coachville, and the International Association of Coaching shortly after that. She has also been a health and wellness contributor for the Huffington Post. So definitely an influencer for many years in the coaching industry. Currently, Martha is the treasurer for the International Association of Coaching. She sits on the Board of Governors and the Executive Committee, and she continues to practice coaching with clients internationally, all the way from her base station on the Treasure Coast in Florida. The Treasure Coast. Love that. Little known fact about Martha, she is the proud mother of two awesome kids who are now grown adults. And now she has a grandson in her life. So congratulations on that, Martha. Welcome to the show. As I said, it's great to have you. Thank you, Terry. Um, If it's all right with you, I have a 45-minute video of my grandson trying to roll over. Can we play that for... I would love that. I would absolutely love it, but we just don't have a video 
podcast. Oh, we've darn. got an audio only podcast. We'll have to save that for when we branch into the video side of things. Okay. <laughs> Tell you what, before we jump into our topic, I want a little bit more detail on you. And particularly, how did you get into coaching? Let's talk about your path to get into coaching. And where has it taken you to where you're at now as a coach? I love this question, and I answer it differently every time. So I um, started nursing quite young. And after many years, a lot of education, as a nurse practitioner, I noticed that people were coming to me and saying, I, I would do what I want to do in the world if I had more time, if I had more money, and if I had my health. And the health part is where I came in. And I just heard that over and over and over again. And it could have been anything from, you know, a, a cut finger to a heart attack. If I had my health, more money, um, the fourth thing then is the right relationship. Right. So um, I was thinking about that. Time goes on. And my mother became ill. And we brought her home um, to try and she had fractured her hip. Eventually, we discovered that she had cancer. And 10 weeks from when she came to our home to the day she died um, were very intensive very intensive weeks for my family and me. And I knew at the end of that, that I couldn't go back to working in the way that I had done before. I put my nurse practitioner practice on hold and I went into the old fashioned bedside nursing, which is how I was trained as a nurse. Yeah. All right. So you're not going to do that anymore. Now, what are you going to do? And a friend of mine introduced me to the concept of coaching. Eventually, I explored it, I looked at everything and decided to go for it. And that was in 2004. Was it like a calling? Did you feel this natural affinity to this way of, of operating, of relating to people? Well, honestly, I had no idea what coaching was. I was more, I call it, spirit-led. I was, I was drawn to find out about it. And what I realized, yes, I, I was drawn to the fact that as a nurse, I could help someone one-on-one -on -one that was in my treatment room. But then they'd go home and nothing would change at home. As a coach, what we do is we support people to find their answer to their most precious question. And then they go home and bring that to their families and to their work and to their communities. It, it just is more far-reaching. When I was uh, up in the middle of the night with my mother, I had this sense that I wanted to work with something that doesn't change. And as a nurse, everything changes technologically. Um, what we eat, first you can eat this and then you can't. Um, all of the, the medicines that were involved, it kept changing, changing, changing. And I realized that the only thing that didn't change in my mind was love. So I wanted to work with love. Hmm, how do you do that? I didn't know yet. And then I had this thought that I was willing to experience peace on earth before the end of my lifetime. I was 50 at the time, so I had to get going. So it was gonna be before the end of my lifetime, I had to get busy 
And that's why coaching seemed so um, much in alignment with that calling, if you will, that working with one person would have um, the ripple effect, as I said, on their family, their work, their community. Now, the other thing I did on my pathway was to take one step at a time. So I'm devoted to love and, and committed to finding out what that means exactly and to taking one step at a time. And I didn't have, I want to make six figures as a coach. I didn't have any of that. I just wanted to experience it one client at a time, one step at a time. Yeah. So I was listening. Listening was a very important skill, both as a nurse and as a coach. And I was listening to the quiet murmurs of my spirit and my soul during this time. Now, that doesn't mean that, that chaos didn't sweep over me like a rogue wave. When that happened, I stood still or I got knocked down. When I got knocked down, Terry, many times I curled up into a fetal position to weather this storm, literally and figuratively. And I would wait before I was willing to get up. I would look around and wait one step at a time. When the ocean, what I call in, in, my, in my mind, the ocean of overwhelm settled down, I could regain my footing and my rhythm. And I could gather the wisdom of that wave, that problem, that situation, that wave. With all the things that I learned about what I learned about self-acceptance and patience and love, and I could take my next step. And when I was upright again, I could listen and I could hear those quiet murmurs. So between 2004 and now, I took each opportunity that came along as it came, one step at a time. I went for further certification. I was mentor coach. I've done a lot of um, continuing education for coaches. You're a master coach. I'm a master coach. You, you've reached the highest level for coaching. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I wouldn't say that. I don't think we ever reach a highest level. Yeah, there is no finish line, but definitely there are some steps. Right, one step at a time. Right. And I know that won't be that may not be helpful to those who are listening to us, but for me it wasn't a big crescendo. It was from those quiet moments, those quiet listenings, living, uh, being present to my life mm -hmm. with my mom in that bedroom being present to my life as I was overwhelmed by a rogue wave, being present when I was strong enough to get up again. So I never experienced the two steps back, one step forward, two steps back. I pretty much just got blown over and sat still until I was ready to get back up again. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're mesmerized sometimes by what we perceive as um, what should be happening. And if it's not happening, it seems wrong, but it's not. Um, my grandmother used to say, delayed good is mesmeric. It mesmerizes us into thinking this will never change. But my experience has been that it does change. 
And if we're willing, we can be transformed when we are willing to surrender to self-acceptance. This sounds to me like a great conversation that is a great segue to the topic that we chose. Being in that quiet space where you can appreciate, listen and, and be present and appreciate what's happening. Talk to me a little bit about this topic that we had, we had decided that we were going to chat about and that uh, I, I just love this topic because you and I were talking about before we hit the record button. Beginner's mind, let's talk about this because I think this is something that a lot of people uh, would really benefit from, from uh, a little bit more exposure to. What is beginner's mind? Why is this important, especially for coaches? I can only speak about my understanding of beginner's mind. And again, my life experience taught me as a nurse, I learned a whole bunch of um, techniques and what I was supposed to do and not do. And I would walk into a patient's room and it was different every time. Whatever I had learned, I had to leave all those fancy things I thought I knew and be with that person so I could serve their needs well. Um, same with uh, my second child. When my son was born, I was so excited and I pretty much got it hammered out. I was really good. I could put t-shirts on over his head without making him cry. I could diaper him when the diaper didn't fall down. I could do a lot. I knew when he was sick, I could take care of him because of my experience. So I figured I had mothering down pat. And then our daughter was born. And I had to go right back to the, to the drawing board yes, and learn all over again what that meant for this new little person. Beginner's mind is a way, well, like I said, I, I have been coaching for a long time. I have spoken with many, many people from many, many countries. And if you ask me how many clients I have now, I'll tell you one. And it's the person I'm speaking with. Wow. That's and that's cool. it. And that's it. You know, each time I sit with someone, I begin again to learn about myself as a coach and to learn about them as someone who has that precious question I spoke about. It sounds like you take the attitude that not only is every person a unique and distinct entity, but they also show up differently every single time you talk with them. That's right. You can't take anything for granted. That's right. And the challenge then is to remember to do that. Um, to the challenge for me was transitioning from the nurse to the coach. As the nurse, it was my job to have the answers. As a coach, it's my job to draw out the answers. As a nurse, I was the expert. As a coach, my client is the expert. So that transition of moving from being an expert to being a witness to the expert was probably my biggest challenge. If I go into a session uncentered in that, then I get a whack up the side of the head. Right. <laughs> uh, as you were describing this, what was coming to mind for me, Martha, was that um, in nursing, obviously central to the whole concept of nursing is care. You're caring for the patient. But what you're describing as being somewhat different when it comes to coaching 
is that element of not going in trying to fix something, but rather the trust that comes with whatever comes, I trust that we will be able to work together to help bring it out of you. So that element of care plus the trust, if I can bridge it back to something that we talked about earlier, that which sort of drew you into nursing and coaching was this concept of love. Uh Because central to the concept of love is caring and trust. Right. Are you a coach because of love? Is that really a foundation to what it is that you're doing? I hope you're going to say yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) You know, caring and trust and, and wanting to help people to bring out the best in them. So, and it goes beyond that. It's almost beyond caring. Whereas I believe, deeply believe, that the person I'm speaking with has the power and the wisdom and the love that they need to affect the change or the understanding that they're looking for. So I don't do anything but hold that space where I believe that it's there. In their potential, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is fabulous, really powerful. This is um, advanced coaching. As, as somebody who um, practices as a coach, I can tell you that I look to people like Martha and specifically to Martha as mentors. And when I hear her describing what she is describing now with this attitude of beginner's mind and the care and the trust and seeing the potential in her clients, to me, this is like going to get a PhD in coaching. This is absolutely fabulous information. Are we missing anything on this topic? Are we, are we hitting the highlights of this okay? Oh, I believe so. I mean, this is a lifestyle. This is a spiritual journey, I think. You know, being able to practice this concept of beginner's mind. Like I said, sometimes a wave hits you in the face and disorient us. And that's okay when we, yeah. when we can get present and, and begin again. I have a couple of questions I want to ask you here before we end off, and I'm dying to ask you these, because I think that what we're just discussing right now leads me to the next question. And the question is, what are the biggest challenges that, that you've had to navigate through as a coach, and what kind of a result did you end up finding? Well, again, my biggest challenge was the transition between nurse and coach. And I spoke a little bit about that, and it's a practice, got to practice that. But the result is, and the result in being willing to practice that, is that there's an intimacy that's created between me and my client. Because we're talking soul to soul. When we both come to the circle, either vulnerable or focused in that way, and I create what I call a sacred space, where we both can enter into that and be vulnerable and be humble, and be powerful, and be capable, all, you know, all sides of that. That is the result of me being willing to change. What advice would you offer coaches around the world, Martha? We've got lots of people tuning in to this podcast from every corner of the globe. Any advice that you'd like to throw out there for people? You know, Terry, I'm not in the business of giving advice. And what has been powerful for me, again, is the willingness to go back 
to basics. What I see coaching doing is getting kind of fancy and glitzy. Now, I may be giving away my age, but to me, if we lose sight of the basics of coaching and each one of us have been trained differently, perhaps, we've lost a lot. But if we can bring that basic element to who we are as coaches, it supports us to live in with a beginner's mind. And it also is something that we can build our skills upon. If I could encourage anything, it would be don't throw out your basics, bring them into every session that you have, and then uh, share them, share them with the conversation, share right. those basic elements. We can get pretty fancy, you know, there's all kinds of fancy things we can do. Um, I have a story. Can I tell a story? Yeah, of course. Yeah. When I was, when I was trying to figure this out, what am I doing here? I, I had this image of me now every year for many, many years. I've learned something new every year. I pick something new to learn. I learned the piano. I learned to play the guitar. I learned how to juggle, learned how to golf. And one year it was, I'm going to learn how to ride a horse. Cool. So <clears throat> what I know about riding a horse is that you, you find your horse that you're going to ride and then you brush it and you groom it and you be with it before you saddle it. So then you put the blanket on and you put the saddle on and you cinch the saddle because I've been told they puff up their bellies. And if you don't cinch it real good, you'll slide off the horse. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. And then it's time to get on the horse. Yeah. So preparing the horse is kind of like our coach's training. Getting right. on the horse then is our coaching practice. So then we got to figure out how to get on the horse and stay on the horse. And this is all me. I, this is like a true story. Yeah. Me. And then you got to figure out how to get the horse going. Now my horse uh, was a cowboy's horse and uh, she didn't want to have anything to do with me. Right. And so we're walk, finally got her to walk and name is Missy. And all of a sudden she stopped. And I'm panicking. I can say, I got my jeans on. I got my cowgirl hat. I got my boots on. I've done everything right. I cinched the saddle. Why isn't she walking? And I realized, you know, I'm doing giddy up horsey and all that stuff. And um, I exhaled. I went, oh, and I started breathing again. And she started walking again. And I realized that she, she was so finely tuned to her rider that when I stopped breathing, she stopped. When I started breathing again, she started walking again. Wow, attunement. So, so, so deeply attuned. And I went through the basics, all the basics, and um, then I fell off at some point. I fell off the horse. So then you fall off the horse, and you got a big decision. Do I get back on the horse, or do I not? And um, Missy was fine waiting for me to decide. I decided to get back on, and off we went. So that's kind of the analogy that I have when I try and figure out what am I doing? I prepare everything, get my coach's training. I figure out how to get on the horse, my coaching practice. Whoops, fell off the horse. It's that wave in the face. And then we're at choice, get back on or not and go forward from with the wisdom we gained and the other lessons that we learned. The end. Uh, I love your story. I think it's a great analogy. 
it puts it into perspective. And I think that this is uh, pure gold for a lot of people around the world who are either looking at coaching as a profession looking at coaching as an activity to do with their staff, people who are looking to bring coaches into their organization. This is fantastic information. Thank you so much, Master Coach Martha Pasternak, for joining us here today and being part of the International Coaching Podcast. Really appreciate your time today. You're very welcome. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in and joining us today. We hope that you'll join us again for future episodes. So please don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And if you like what you're hearing, hit the like button as well and help us to get the word out. On our next episode, we're going to be interviewing the president of the International Association of Coaching, Dr. Shan Morthy, also known as Captain Shan Morthy, to learn more about where coaching is going and the role that the IAC is taking on the global stage. Thank you, everybody, for the privilege of your time and attention. Take care, stay safe, and be well.